it's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talking Ag Lane Nordland, for today's LaneCast. Hello and welcome back to the Agriculture Conversation on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. Today we are going to have a discussion with the 2019-2020 National FFA Officer for the Central Region, Montana's very own Mamie Hurdle. She made history becoming the first female from Montana to serve as a National FFA Officer. And we are going to see how things are shaping up for the 93rd National FFA Commission that will occur all virtually. We'll be right back. Farmers and ranchers, cattle feeders, stockers, auction markets, and processing plants are not only important components to the beef supply chain, they are an important tax base for rural America and are a provider of jobs and income in small communities across the nation. The coronavirus pandemic has sent shockwaves through the markets, communities, and our way of life. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association continues to work on your behalf each and every day with all levels of the supply chain and with government officials to get us through this crisis. We are all in this together. We hear you and we need your help to move this industry forward. Well, as promised, our conversation with National FFA Officer from the state of Montana, Mamie Hurdle. She joins us from Indianapolis, Indiana here today. And uh, Mamie, I can't believe it's been a year since you were elected to serve as a National FFA Officer uh, from the state of Montana. Um, A very interesting year, to say the least. But uh, what's it been like serving the biggest youth group here in the United States? Yeah, so like I said, it's been a very interesting year. Um, Definitely not the one that we pictured a year ago. Um, It is kind of crazy to think that it's been a full year since we were elected as a team and just thinking back to all of those emotions and all of the excitement for what the year um, could have been. And I just can't help but think about how we served in a very different year in very different ways. But the reason why we served was the same all the way through. And I think that's what's been really defining for me is that Um, our mission of serving others and serving students and making an impact and wanting to inspire those people has stayed the same, just the method of how we've done that has changed a lot. And I think that's been an incredible perspective to learn. Um, It's been challenging at times, of course, to figure out those different methods while having the mission stay the same. But I think that that perspective will stick through um, for many years to come. And I just feel really grateful that we were able to meet students where they were this year in a very difficult time for them. Um, And something that we really pride ourselves in this week is that this is a convention for all in every way, everywhere, and you can celebrate in your own unique way. And I I think that's just awesome that we've been able to reach students that maybe wouldn't have been reached otherwise and meet people that we wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet in a normal year. And I'm just really grateful for that opportunity these past past year, but especially in these past few months. Um, Obviously. Um, it's been a, a tough go just not being able to be on the road and be face-to-face with these students. As you mentioned, uh, you've all adapted your uh, your officer team and National FFA. What are some of those big takeaways that uh, you can talk about when it comes to interacting with all of these FFA members uh, in a year where that face-to-face contact uh, was not possible? Yeah, for sure. I would say that I was the first to be a little apprehensive and thinking that virtual connections wouldn't be um, 
possible, I guess, or very meaningful in a way. Um, I was pretty scared, especially going into like the big events like State Officer Summit, where we have over 400 students um, tuning in um, virtually in these small groups with 50 plus state officers. And I thought, how the heck am I supposed to be able to connect with these students on a one-on-one -on -one basis where um, just my personality really thrives the most. And Boy, was I wrong in thinking that that wasn't possible because these connections that we've made virtually have been even more meaningful in some ways because you have to intentionally seek them out, intentionally keep up with them. Um, and I think that we've all had a lot more time on our hands to be able to connect virtually. And I think that's just awesome. Like I said, I've met people and students that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And what I'm actually talking about in my retiring address is probably the biggest takeaway. Um, the title of it is Quiet in Volume and Loud in Value. And just how this year has been very quiet in terms of the places we've gone, the traveling, the events, the conventions haven't happened, those big loud events haven't happened, but we have had the opportunity to really focus in on being quiet in volume and loud in value and focusing on how we can still add value in those quieter ways on Zoom calls, through letters, through calls, um, and just being a lot quieter and more intentional with our actions. And I think that's something that we should all consider even after things go back to quote unquote normal. Um, because it's really important to consider why we do things again rather than how we do them and how we can really add value quietly. Now, what does this week's convention look like? It's the 93rd convention. It is virtual. Could you maybe walk us through how competitions uh, on the national level have been uh, uh, handled and exactly how the sessions are going to look and where folks can actually watch those sessions? Yeah, for sure. So CDEs and LDEs are taking a pause this year just because we weren't able to do them in person. And we um, decided back in May that the best way we could serve students and give them an opportunity to participate and learn in those CDs and LDs was providing a different platform. And so all state staff and students can find those that information to participate in those competitions. But the main convention hub, if you want to find anything um, or are seeking out any information, is convention.ffa.org. That is the place to go to figure out everything. Um, we've got the schedule. We have um, all the different links that you need to be able to watch the live stream. Everything you need is going to be on that website. Um, so if you're confused about when things are, just go there and you'll be able to figure it out. Um, but diving in deeper to how um, sessions will be streamed, you do not have to pay a registration fee to be able to stream the six live sessions that we'll be having Tuesday through Thursday. So if you're questioning, oh, I don't have a registration yet, don't worry, you can still watch them. If you want to register though, you're more than welcome to. And if you do, you'll be able to access the FFA Blue Room. You'll be able to participate in the connection rooms and a whole bunch of other things. Um, so I'd highly recommend if you want to do that. But if you're just looking to watch the live sessions, you can do that on the convention platform or on RFD TV or the Cowboy channel. So we'll be doing three sessions tomorrow. Um, you can find all the times in your time zone um, on the convention website, as I said, and then two sessions Wednesday and again, two sessions on Thursday. Um, one in the afternoon and one in the evening. And the one that I would say I'm most excited for is that last session to see the new national officer team uh, get elected. But my retiring address, uh, address for all those back home in Montana is on Tuesday evening if you want to tune into that. Perfect. Well, I was just going to ask when that retiring uh, address would be. And uh, again, Mamie, it, it's been a difficult year, but uh, yourself and your team continue to show uh, how much FFA truly does represent uh, uh, youth and agriculture here in the United States. But 
What maybe is a message uh, I, I do want to bring up? You were the, the first female from the state of Montana to be uh, elected as a national FFA officer. What is your message to young ladies here in the state of Montana and across the nation about continuing to step up in leadership and proving that agriculture needs leaders, including strong women in these positions? Yeah, gosh, where do I even begin to start with that? Well, I'd just like to say it's such an honor to be able to represent that for Montana. Um, I've really held that close to my heart this whole year, but I think it speaks to a larger picture of how I grew up in a very small town, graduated with 11 students in my class, very small chapter, and seemingly um, very small compared to other chapters and maybe the activity or the opportunities that we have in Montana compared to states that are bigger um, and have more opportunities and access to things. And I think it just speaks to the volume of how you can be anywhere, anyone, um, and be able to succeed in FFA. And we really are an FFA for all. And I'm just glad to see that this year has been exactly that for students. And no matter who you are, where you're from, you can be a national officer if that's what your dream is, or if you want to, you know, pursue another path in FFA. Um, it's, it's your own journey and your own experience that you can create. And there's nothing stopping you from doing that. And I think that's pretty awesome because we are an organization that prides itself in being inclusive and really um, striving for that FFA for all vision, like I said. Uh, and so I would just say to any person that thinks that they don't belong in FFA or they don't um, have what it takes to succeed in FFA, you are so wrong. You definitely do. Um, and there's a place for you in FFA. Uh, you just have to seek it out and find the place like it did for me. Now, uh, of course, growing up in central Montana, um, you have a lot of family and friends that will be tuning in this week to your retirement address and the convention. What's your message to your family and friends back here in Montana uh, just uh, for, for, for the support and everything they've given you throughout uh, your time uh, uh, in FFA and whatnot? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot the past few days and trying to reach out to people that have been such an important part of this journey for me. And I would just say, this started a long time ago. It wasn't just, you know, when I got selected as a national officer candidate, it's been the support of so many people in my life since I joined FFA even before that. And I would just say, thank you for letting me be me authentically 100% of the time in all of those years. Um, before I decided to become a national officer candidate, before I became a national officer, all of it. Um, you've just been such a good support system for me and allowed me to really grow um, and be inspired by people before me. And I'm just grateful, like I said, to be a person that's representing so many other people. Um, something that we talk about a lot in our trainings is that we stand on the shoulders of giants. And I know for a fact that I stand on the shoulders of giants in Montana who have helped me and inspired me and gotten me to where I am. Um, I know that I'm just one person to a very large larger image. Um, and I'm just grateful that Montana agriculture has given me that background and that inspiration that's gotten me here. And uh, of course, uh, you've uh, had the opportunity to interact in person or mostly virtually with thousands of FFA members and agriculture industry leaders and partners uh, throughout the year. But what is your most memorable experience uh, as a national officer? Ooh, tricky question. <laughs> Um, I would say one of the most memorable experiences I had was actually during FFA week before COVID happened, we got to travel a little bit and I was actually in Maryland in Baltimore and um, coming from a very small school, I had never really experienced what urban agriculture programs could look like. 
And immediately when I walked into that classroom, um, these students were just wanting to show me all their different projects and um, so helpful in so many ways. And the workshop that we did was so much fun. And I remember thinking, wow, do I want to be an ag teacher <laughs> when I walked out of the room? Um, just because they made me feel so welcomed and like, um, I had a place there, even though I didn't have any idea what an urban agriculture program looked like. Um, and I think that's just so awesome. And while I'm not going to pursue a career in agriculture education as of right now, it made me really think about it. And I think that it's pretty special. And just seeing that agriculture is so wide and diverse and the opportunities in FFA um, are wide and diverse too alongside it. And that was just so amazing to experience that um, on another side of the United States where we're still connected by a blue jacket, but it looks a lot different. Um, and they've made it their own. And I guess, again, it just speaks to the fact that FFA really is for all because there's so many different ways in which you can make it your own experience. Now, you've also had the opportunity to interact with uh, ag leaders, as I mentioned, and agribusiness. And as we look at how much technology has changed, how we interact uh, uh, in, in your travels or, or your meetings, uh, uh, how do you feel that uh, agriculture and technology. We've seen a lot of ag technology, especially in the last 30 years, change how we farm and produce food and fiber. But just from your experiences and your travels and seeing all these different opportunities for the future of ag, how do you think technology is going to continue to pave the way for ag education and production agriculture here in Montana and across the nation? Yeah, for sure, Lane. Uh, so I didn't get to do a ton of traveling with businesses just because, like I said, our traveling got cut so short um, back in March. But one thing that I got to do was visit Wrangler in North Carolina, and they talked a lot about sustainability and sustainable cotton industry and how they can make their jeans more sustainable. And I think that is where agriculture is going and how to be more sustainable for our planet um, and make the most of what we have. Um, I think that is the coolest um, innovation and in technology that I've seen this year. And we're actually putting a big focus on that during convention this week with our FFA Blue Room, as I mentioned before. We're having some speakers come in and talk about sustainability in agriculture. And I think that's going to be the next big, next big focus um, to try to focus in on that and figure out what regenerative agri agriculture can look like. And obviously, as a new officer team is sworn in here later this week, uh, looking ahead, uh, what is in store for Mamie Hurdle uh, in the next few years? Uh, great question. I, I wonder the same sometimes. <laughs> um, so I'm actually going to be transferring to Texas A&M. Um, still go, go Bobcats forever. But um, I just figured that it's an opportunity to see um, a different part of the country and amazing agriculture communications program down at Texas A&M. And that's what I want to pursue. And so the stars just kind of aligned. Um, and that's where I'm going to be headed but I'll be home um, for the month of November or for some of November and all of December and I'll be home pretty often, honestly. Um, so I'm excited to be able to see that next journey, but hopefully in the next few years, um, I'll be considering law school. We'll see where I am at the end of my um, bachelor's degree, but that's kind of what I've got planned tentatively. I'm just excited to see something new um, and experience a new place at Texas A&M though. Well, that is just exciting. And of course, the Aggies, it's a great program down there. And hopefully, maybe you'll get that ring that, that so many uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, ag folks get to wear and show off. But uh, Mamie, any, any last words before I let you get back to your very busy day, just uh, about FFA in general, or one last message to our folks back here in Montana? Yeah, um, I would just say thank you. Um, and this week is about all of you. 
Um, I know that the national officer team puts on national convention, but this week really is for all of you back at home, the supporters, the members, the alumni. Um, we're here to celebrate you and all of the things that you've done this year and overcome this year. And I am so excited to see that come to life. Um, and I hope that you'll all tune in to watch us do that and celebrate a lot of hard work across the country this year and those members and like I said, everyone that has just overcome so much. Um, and it's gonna be really cool to highlight all of that. So I hope to see you all there virtually. Again, Mamie Hurdle, the Central Region Vice President for the National FFA Organization. This is her big convention week again. Uh, her retirement address will be this Tuesday. You can watch that on RFD TV or the Cowboy Channel or stream it online. Or if you're listening to this, after all of this airs, you can also make sure and visit uh, and rewatch all these programs online as well. Mamie Hurdle, thank you for joining us here today. Thanks, Lane. All right, friends, that will do it for today's LaneCast Ag Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.